0: guys and welcome back to another episode of the tricky takes podcast i'm here as always with my co-host billy what's up and austin howdy so uh as you've probably figured out by now we are going through our mlb divisional breakdowns here so uh, we have moved all the way through the american league we have gotten through the nl east and we are now on the nl central so you know not uh not a whole lot left. You know, all we've got after this is the NL West, and that'll be it. And then it's time for the season to start. So uh, going through here and uh, starting off here at the bottom, we've got two teams that were tied, but we're going to you know, stick in tradition of teams that were at the bottom and go with the Pirates. Uh, they were at the very bottom of the standings for the last season. And the Pirates uh, made quite a few additions and subtractions. Uh just going straight into it, they they lost Hoy Park, Kevin Newman, Diego Castillo, Bryce Wilson, Zach Thompson, Ben Gammel, Roberto Perez, Yoshi, Jake Nick.
1: Hold on, you've gotta give it a shot.
0: You have to. Sounds it
2: out.
0: yeah, nailed it. Oh, there we go. The the T at the beginning threw me off a little bit, not gonna lie. Uh, and then they, they added. They got Andrew McCutcheon back. They got Rich Hill, Austin Hedges, Vince Velasquez, Jarlin Garcia, Carlos Santana, Connor Joe, and G-Man Choi. Yeah, so, all right. First uh, time, it's Velasquez. Oh, man. Shouldn't have second-guessed myself. <laughs> but, you know, that that's what you get here on the Tricky Takes podcast. You get Connor. We're not, not perfect. In a, we're not perfect. We're just three guys. Just as close but, as a human physically can be. <laughs> stop talking about yourself
1: Austin we you <laughs> we're just three dogs in a trench coat <laughs> listen I'm I'm kind of stoked right now I just can't I'm like fresh off a of Fortnite W so
0: like my <laughs> and adrenaline's still rushing huge yeah, massive but uh yeah so they they made a lot of moves I don't really think any of these are going to move the needle for the pirates though nothing crazy i mean andrew mccutcheon is getting up there in age i mean he was great but it's just been a while since that time it's tough to see this team really improving a whole lot i mean with what we've got here i just can't see any of these guys making that big of a difference which is why i've still got them going you know 61 to 68 wins as a you know max that'd be best case scenario for them but they're just going to be right back in that same position
2: yeah, I've got him in the sixty-one to sixty-eight win range, also on the dot corner. Uh, none of the additions really excite me. Uh, McCutcheon coming back is a cool story, but he's past his prime. But at least he can be a bat off the bench, a uh, DH for him. Uh, then you got guys like G-Man Choi who can also hit. Uh, Carlos Santana who's also getting up there in age. Then Austin Hedges uh, will be a backstop for him. Rich Hill is like 45 and throws like 86 miles an hour. So, uh, yeah, this this pitching staff is the biggest concern. They do have some exciting bats on the team, some exciting young bats. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see this team really digging out of the hole they've dug themselves yet.
1: Dick Mountain certainly doesn't move the needle. Um. Neither do really any of the guys. McCutchen still has a little bit of life left in his bat, but none of the guys they lost are really, you know, big losses. And other guys they got are big gains, at least not for this year. Um, I guess we'll get to it later about uh the trade deadline. All right, why don't we jump into that now? First, I'll give my prediction my win range was between 60 and 69 wins so i'm like right there in line with you guys um but at the trade deadline i do see them as sellers and they've got quite a few veterans on this team that just don't fit the mold of what the pirates need to be doing right now and i see a lot of them getting uh traded by the end of uh you know by the trade deadline if you go through and look at their payroll currently and who are potential free agents in the next year or two. It's it's a long list. First of all, you have Brian Reynolds who's been requesting a trade. We'll see if how that goes. And then yeah, Rich Hill, Carlos Santana, Austin Hedges, Andrew McCutcheon, and Vince Velasquez, who are all on the last year of their de- last year of their deals. And then Jarlene Garcia has a an option after this year. And then G Man Choi is a free agent next year as well. Robert Stevenson's a free agent next year. So there's a lot of veterans there who I think all need to be
0: moved if possible, if this team is performing as kind of we expect. Yeah. And I mean, it's the odds are that they're going to be selling off basically every asset they can, because I mean, they've, they've got to build up that, uh that prospect list that they have to, uh, they've got some guys in there that are strong contenders who we'll get to in a second. But for the most part, you know, not a whole lot of show ready talent that I'm seeing here looking through the prospects.
2: Yeah, I agree with you guys. I do have a a fairly decent farm system uh, with some guys that I think are MLB ready, uh, especially in the next year or two. So I think, yeah, with some of these older guys, you'll see them be sellers.
1: Yeah, let's, let's talk about this team's uh, best players and uh we'll start with their best you know position player, their team MVP, if you will. Uh as long as he's on the team for me, it's Brian Reynolds. We'll see if he gets moved, but as long as he's there, he's their best player.
2: Yeah, Brian Reynolds is a solid choice. He's been doing it for a long time now. I just don't know if he'll be there the whole year. Uh so I went with O'Neal Cruz, actually. You know, guys got all the potential. He uh, will have to cut down on the strikeouts, but he hits the ball as hard as anybody on the planet. He throws the ball almost as hard as anybody on the planet as well. So uh, if he can cut down on the strikeouts and, and hit more for average and uh, be a little more consistent with the bat and do it for a whole year and stay healthy, I think uh, he's your MVP. Uh, Brian Reynolds, great player, better player than O'Neill Cruz at this point uh, in their careers, but – I just don't know if he'll be there the whole year as he has been requesting a trade and they haven't given, given him the money. Uh, so I think this is a possible year that we might see Brian Reynolds uh, leave Pittsburgh.
0: And I'm going a, a different way than both y'all. I'm going to go with Cabrian Hayes. Uh, he's just been a... Deller, third baseman for him, a very consistent guy at the hot corner for the Pirates.
2: He is elite defensively. Yeah.
0: And, you know, he just signed an extension. So he's going to be there for a while, uh, you know, unless he does get moved. But I've got him as, you know, being the consistent standout guy in this lineup.
1: Yeah. I mean, arguably the best defensive third baseman in baseball. And that's saying a lot when you have guys like Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado, who are still doing a, you know, really good job over there, but O'Brien has made an argument over the last two seasons that he is at their level, if not better. The bat just needs to come around.
2: Yeah. Not a lot of power. Uh, if he can kind of develop some power, especially at the, like a third base position, like where there's a premium for a uh, power bats, that'll go a long way.
1: Yeah. He's, he slugged just three forty five last year. And uh, you know, at the third base, you do want that, but when he's got such good defense, I would absolutely trade that. Uh, you know, that power down as long as he could, you know, get some good wood on the ball and hit for a decent average or get on base. And um, eight and a half walk uh, rate last year is fine. If he can get that to like 10% and uh, bat last year, he batted 244 the year before that he batted 257. And so if you could see that like 257, 260 ish batting average with around a nine and a half to 10% walk rate, his OBP would, uh, be much higher, and I think that would be a, a plus player for you, most certainly, and, and definitely a chance to be this team's MVP. But uh, let's go yeah. ahead and move to let's go ahead and move to their Cy Young winner. Uh, this is an interesting one because they don't really have one guy. I think there's a few guys here that you can make an argument for, and uh, I'll get kicked off with Mitch Keller, who is a former. Possibly, if I remember right, he was like the number one prospect in all of baseball at one point. Like he was very, very highly touted when he was coming up through the ranks, got to the show, and just didn't really do too much. Uh, last year, you kind of saw him figure some stuff out, and uh, I like him to to be their their best pitcher this year.
0: Yeah, Austin, awesome. I'm right there with you. Uh, I, I think he easily stands out above everyone else they have no the rotation this year. And, and he was very highly touted. And I think, you know, he hadn't been in the league too long. It's just been a few years, two, three years, I think. And, uh, but no, he's got the best, you know, book of talent for himself on this pitching staff.
2: Yeah, I'm actually going to go a uh, reliever here, which I think we've only seen it done one other time uh, in this series that we're doing. But I'm going to go with David Bednar. He is a solid reliever. Uh, one of the most consistent guys you see in the MLB uh, as far as, you know, coming in and, and getting quality innings out of the pen. I think this this starting rotation has some issues. Uh, nobody I feel comfortable with going as the Cy Young for the pick. And I think David Benar will be called on a lot. And uh, if he's able to come in and you know, post a, you know, sub three ERA and, you know, miss some bats, then I think he's got the chance to be the Cy Young for this team.
0: And then moving into Rookie of the Year, someone that I almost picked for my Cy Young Award, but just not sure when he's going to get up to the show. I got Quinn Priester. Uh, he's the number three prospect in all of baseball right now, or for the – I'm sorry, number three for the Pirates, number 44 in all of baseball. And he just has a, a great arm talent behind him. Uh, in the minors, he's got an 8.9 Ks per nine. So, I mean, he's just been absolutely mowing guys down. So, uh, I'm moving with him. I think he's going to come up and make a big impact in that rotation.
1: I've got a different starting pitcher. Um, <clears throat> I'm not as big on uh, – I'm just generally lower on than most on Quinn Priester. Uh, I don't even know if we see him get called up this year because I think this other guy will get called up first, and that's Luis Ortiz. And, uh, I mean, this guy – came up through 16 innings uh, last year in the bigs and just looks nasty. He averaged 98 and a half on his fastball and he has an absolute wipeout slider. That 1-2 combo is really a pitcher's bread and butter in the modern day game, a fast fastball and a hard wipeout slider to go with it. And he's got a changeup. It's not good, but uh you know, we saw Spencer Strider dominate the league with that fastball slider combo, just kind of keeping that change up in there just to keep guys honest. He needs to work on uh, his command, but uh, I think he can be a top-end uh, pitcher someday. Um, And if not a starter, that one-two, you know, if you can't uh, develop a third pitch, you're generally going to be a, a, a reliever with two pitches. And so, I mean, maybe he's just another absolute beast out of the pin, like Bednar for them. So I think either way, He's my favorite pitcher, rookie pitcher on that
2: team. I'm on the same track as Connor. I'm going with Quinn Priester. Just the fact that this starting rotation doesn't have a lot of, I think, you know, standout names or talent. I think Quinn Priester does get the call this year. He's got a you know mid-90s fastball with a nasty curve, upper 70s, strikes a lot of guys out with that. And he also has a, a, a slider that's in the mid-80s as well. He's still developing it a little bit, but – you can give him a little bit of time and he can develop that as his third pitch. He mainly throws a two-seamer, I believe, over his four-seamer. Uh, So that gives you some extra movement in there. And so uh, I think he's an interesting prospect, like Connor said, top 50 guy in the, in the minors. So I'm going Quinn.
0: All right. And that is going to wrap us up talking about the Pirates. Now, Billy, why don't you take us into the other team that was in the last place in this division last year, the Cincinnati
2: Reds. Yes, so the Cincinnati Reds uh, did lose some guys this year, including Mike Moustakis, Donovan Solano, Justin Wilson, Austin Romine, Mike Miner, and Kyle Farmer, to name a few. Uh, they did add Luke Weaver, Will Myers, Kirk Casale, Luke Maley, Will Benson, Kevin Newman, uh, Nick Solak, and Casey Legumina. Legumina. it's an interesting last name. Uh, so, yeah. For the Reds, I have them coming in between the 65 and 70 win range. Not super high on the Reds this year. Again, they are a young team. Uh, you know, you saw most of their talent leave last year or the year before with Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Winker, Luis Castillo is gone. So, you know, Kyle Farmer is another guy that's gone. So, really, the the core of this team is kind of left outside of Joey Vado. And so uh, they've got a lot of replacements that they need to have happen, and I still think they're a few years away from competing again in this division. Yeah,
1: this team is going to rely heavily on their starting pitching and their bullpen as well is is not horrible. Uh, I mean, they have one guy who you really like out of their bullpen. The rest of it is kind of weak. But uh, if that starting pitching can can do well for them, I think they have a chance of being better than the Pirates, but – that starting pitching doesn't do well, I I see them actually doing worse.
0: Yeah, Austin, they are definitely gonna have to lean on the the pitching rotation here, especially with Joey Votto being uncertain to start the season. You know, they don't really have a timetable for when he's gonna come back. And you gotta think he is thirty nine years old as well. So, you know, kind of a very questionable how many innings he will get, depending on how the Reds are doing to begin with. I you know, they, they might use him pretty sparingly. But uh, I've I've got this team down around the 64 to 70 win range, just right outside of what Billy had. It is not looking optimistic for these two teams that seem like they're just going to stay at the bottom of this division. Yeah, my exact
1: um, uh, projections or my min and max would be 59 and 70, which is one lower and one higher than my Pirates projections. I think they're barely equally talented or – have a equally likely, you know, coming out somewhere in that middle, along with the pirates again, and possibly tying for the last spot again. But I think the Reds have a little bit higher ceiling and a little bit lower floor, depending on how those guys play.
2: Yeah. So speaking on the starting pitching, Austin, uh, who would you list as your sal on for this team?
1: Well, for me, it is Hunter Green. Uh, I mean, the young guy, uh, twenty three years old, just throws absolute cheddar um i i'm super excited to see what he can do after you know having a a year under his belt now in the bigs he averaged 99 miles an hour with his fastball he got bit by the home run bug kind of similar to garrett cole of like throws super hard tries to keep it up in the zone at times and it just it gets rocked out of there just because when it goes in that hard it's also going to come out hard sometimes and that's just kind of what happens. so if he can cut down on the the home runs and uh, you know keep that strike rate up at around twelve you know, percent, he's gonna he's gonna be in good shape.
0: Yep, I'm right there with you. Hunter Green just it did get a little rough there for him for a little while, but his strikeout numbers and just one hundred and twenty five point two innings, he had one hundred and sixty four Ks. So I mean, he's making people miss. Like you said, he throws absolute cheddar up there. So he's, he's a good young guy. And it's only his second year in the league. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of growth out of him, and he's
2: in a good spot to lead this rotation. So I also went with Hunter Green. My notes on him. Gave up 25 bombs last year, so he'll need to cut that down. Throws Diesel. Those are my notes on Hunter Green. And, uh, yeah, he's my Cy young for this team.
1: Glad we agree there. Uh, I also yep. want to shout out Nick Lodolo, who was another guy – last year for them who uh was a rookie and is also really good. A lefty got that a little bit of a lower uh arm angle. I got to watch him pitch in triple A last year. Uh he was hurt for a bit of time. And uh, I went to a Durham Bulls game where, where he was pitching and it was uh incredible to watch. He just went and shut down that triple A team. So he definitely belongs up in the bigs. I mean if you look at his strikeout rate it's like right there in line with green just a little bit lower so um yeah impressive stuff from the rookie um he just doesn't throw quite as hard by about five miles an hour
2: (laughs) yeah so uh moving on to mvp talk for the reds uh for me i'm going with a former rookie of the year jonathan india uh he's one of more consistent guys in this lineup he was banged up last year and so uh, he's looking to kind of re- to return to form here. He does strike out quite a bit, so he'll need to work on that as well. But, again, this is entering his third year in the bigs. Uh, Plays a solid second base. And uh, top of the order guy that they're going to rely on to get on base so uh, the rest of this order can get him around and get him in.
0: I've got to go with. Someone that was just called up to the team, you'll hear his name again shortly, but uh, Spencer Steer, I think, you know, it would have probably been Joey Votto if he was healthy all year. But and he's rookie. I think he, I'm i going to talk about him saying he's going to be the rookie of the year probably. He's going to be starting at third base. He's got a great hit tool that, uh, you know, they were loving in the minors, Brought up struggled a little bit in his at-bats in September. But, you know, even he came out and was like, you know, I was trying to do too much. Settle it down. Let's, you know, make the play. And I think that he's really going to step up and be a big piece and a building block for this team to go around.
1: For me, it's uh, Jake Fraley, who has been in the league for a while, played with uh, Seattle, and uh, came over to Cincinnati last year. Only played in uh, 68 games, but took a major step up. Had a WRC plus of 121, uh, which I really like. He is not very good in the outfield, but there are some encouraging signs that he's uh, been improving there this year you know, in spring um he's not a big home run guy uh, but apparently he's you know been kind of finding his power stroke in spring so a lot of really good encouraging things coming from red camp with him and uh, i i like i like his prospects he last year hit for 259 average a 344 on base with a you know 10 and a half percent walk rate his walk rate the year before in 78 games was 17 and a half percent so the guys clearly got a good eye for the strike zone he cut down on the k's a lot last year as well so all really good in sign uh really good signs for him and he's going into his age 28 season so uh he's definitely got time to figure it out so uh, i like him
2: yeah good pick there um rookie of the year interesting discussion But I am going to go with the young phenom, Ellie De La Cruz. Uh, He's going to play shortstop for them. He has a crazy hit tool. He hits a ton of bombs uh, in the minors. He also has lightning quick speed. Uh, So he's going to, he's, you know, could be a 30-30 candidate. Uh, Don't know if it will be rookie year, but he has that kind of potential. And that's what, that's the kind of superstar that the Reds need right now. Uh, when they are attempting this this rebuild, and he's very young as well. So,
0: yeah, uh, I already said it. I'm going with Spencer Steer for all the reasons I stated earlier.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to go with Spencer Steer. I I do think Ellie De La Cruz has uh the potential to be the better player out of the two of them. Uh, but I think Spencer Steer is going to basically start off the season at as their starting third baseman and. He can hit. He's got power. Uh, he projects to be kind of a borderline third baseman, maybe a first baseman after uh, Joey Vado's gone. He played, what was it 30 games, 28 games last year? Yeah. And uh, had a 10% walk rate. I like that number. Anytime you can walk, you know, 10%, I think you've got a chance. Ellie, probably going to be the better player long term, but I don't think he gets. I don't think he gets into the lineup quick enough this season if he gets in there this season.
0: Yeah. All right. We all got anything else on the
1: Reds? Uh, I guess for trade deadline, do y'all expect Vado to
0: stay on the team or do y'all expect him to be gone? I could definitely see them moving him. You know, like I said earlier, 39 years old, kind of questionable health wise right now. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know what his contract is exactly, but I can't imagine they have him locked down for very much longer. So it wouldn't make sense to not trade him if there are teams that come asking for his bat.
1: So to answer your question about his contract, they do have a club option next year for $20 million for him. Um, If he's not healthy, I couldn't imagine them. Uh, you know, taking that option. But if he gets healthy and puts in another good season, I think that can be a realistic thing because, uh, I mean, last year in the the ninety one games, he did play, he, I mean, still sure that he he can swing. and it was definitely one of his worst years. But um we'll see. i I do expect them to to keep him simply because he's a red for life. And I, I think he wants to stay there. I don't know if he has a no trade clause. That would be interesting to find out as well. Um, But yeah, I expect him to stay.
2: I also think he's staying. I think he's a red for life, like you said. But uh, come trade deadline time, I guess I would see them more as sellers.
1: Yeah, I think like Will Myers and Kurt Casale, who are both, you know, have options with next year. I think both of them probably get moved.
2: Yeah. So uh, moving on to the team that came in third place last year in this division, the Chicago Cubs, they had an interesting offseason. So starting out with their subtractions, they did lose Andrelton Simmons, Franville Reyes, Wilson Contreras is obviously the big name there. Jason Hayward, uh, he's towards the end of his career. Uh, Clint Frazier as well. They did add Trey Mancini, Eric Hosmer, so two veterans, Tucker Barnhart, another veteran, uh, Jameson Tyon, another veteran, Cody Bellinger, former MVP, and Dansby Swanson, who had a huge year with the Braves last year and signed a massive contract this offseason. Connor, where do you expect them to finish this year in the division?
0: So I, I have theirs as probably being the largest range that I've given yet. Because I feel like there are so many things that could happen. I mean, they had decimated their roster over the last couple of seasons and had kind of everybody scratching their head. But then they go out this, you know, offseason and add, you know, Eric Hosmer, they add Bellinger, they add Swanson. You know, they added a whole lot of big names in there that people were wondering what they had been doing for all this time, getting rid of all their core pieces. So I've got them finishing somewhere between 70 and 87. I, I just feel like that everything could go right and they could be right there in the hunt, or everything could go really, really wrong and they could be you know right there just hovering around you know where the the reds are at the top end.
1: Um, I agree with you that they have a lot of potential. That's why my top end for them is actually going to be eighty nine wins, uh, and I believe in this team. I think they've got a few guys who are going to be really solid for them in their lineup, like Nico Horner. Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ. I think Cody Bellinger could, you know, potentially revitalize his career if if he doesn't with the bat. He's still a great defensive center fielder, which you know, in today's center field, if you just have a good glove, you're a starting caliber center fielder. Um, and then I like their pitching. I think they have a few guys who uh, can get the job done in that starting rotation. So my lower end is only going to be just one game under five hundred at eighty one wins.
2: Yeah, I've got this team between 80 and 87 wins. Uh, Yeah, my biggest worry is going to be the pitching because, like you said, they do have some guys that can get it done, but they also have some guys that can be inconsistent at times and have had some extreme ups and downs throughout their career. Uh, I don't hate the lineup. It's got a lot of what-ifs kind of strewn about it. Uh, but yeah, I see these guys. You know, probably being right around that five hundred mark. As far as uh the Cy Young for this team goes, Austin, what are you thinking?
1: Man, there's a there's a bunch of names here that are all in the same tier for me. Um, it's really like four guys, (laughs) and then. And then a fifth one that I'm not quite so high on. Uh, But I did choose Jamison Tyone as uh, my pick for their Cy Young. Kind of just a gut feeling. He pitched 177 innings last year, which I I like. uh, Sub four ERA, sub four FIP. Um, You know, doesn't strike a lot of guys out, but doesn't walk a lot of guys. Most of his career, he has had a lower home run rate. The last couple of years in uh, New York, it jumped, which makes a little bit of sense playing in New York. So uh, I'm thinking maybe he can bring that back down and be a
0: solid solid number one. Austin, I'm right there with you. Just a a solid overall choice for this team. And he has looked good over his career. Uh, Not given up uh, a whole lot of walks. So that's... Definitely something I always look for. And, you know, just like to see a consistent guy that's been going out there. He's been doing it for, you know, five years, and he can come in and, you know, take a good chance to lead this team.
2: So I'm going with actually an interesting pick. Uh, I'm going with the Professor Kyle Hendricks, the longtime Cub. Uh, He's been doing it for a long time there. He doesn't strike a ton of guys out, but he is relatively consistent. Didn't throw a lot of innings last year. was banged up a little bit. Got hit around – But this guy has proven that he can pitch effectively at Wrigley and at the big league level, obviously, he's entering his age 33 year. Uh, I think he'll have a bounce back year this year, and I think he'll be the most consistent uh, starter for this team. So that's why I'm going with him as the Cy Young. Now moving on to MVP talk for this team. Definitely some interesting options. Uh, Connor. What are you thinking for the MVP of the Chicago Cubs this year? i got to
0: go with the guy that just signed the massive contract, had an amazing season down there in Atlanta. That's Dansby Swanson. I mean, he's at the peak of his career right now. He's doing everything that you want to see out of a a young shortstop like him. And that's just going to carry that momentum through and, and take this team as far as it can go.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you that it is Dansby. He's definitely not the best hitter on this team. Uh, over the last few seasons, he mostly is a league average type hitter, had a, a big breakout last year. Uh, I don't necessarily think he continues that. He strikes out way too much um, and doesn't walk enough for my liking, uh, but he's just a wizard at shortstop defensively. Um, So I, I think that's really what elevates him over guys who have similar – Offensive profiles, if maybe just a little bit better with guys like Ian Happ or Seiya Suzuki, I think those guys might be slightly better hitters, but just nowhere near the defender. So I think that's what vaults Dansby over for me.
2: Awesome. I agree with your points exactly. Uh, Because I was on the borderline of taking a guy like Seiya Suzuki or Frank Schwindel uh, or Ian Happ even. Uh, But just the defense that Dansby gives you as well. He did strike out over 180 times last year, so that is a concern. Uh, But, yeah, I think Dansby, with all he brings to the table and the contract you just gave him as the Cubs, he's got to be your MVP. Uh, So some rookie of the year talk for this team. I think there's a few options, but I am going to go with Matt Mervis. Uh, He's a catching prospect, and they are going to be looking to replace Wilson Contreras. And I think he is the guy to do it. He tore it up last year in the minors, uh, hitting over 300. So uh, I think he is likely the best bet, even though he's not their highest-ranked prospect. Uh, Just like what he's able to do at the plate. Um, And uh, I think he'll eventually get the call this year and uh, be solid for them.
0: Yep, I got to agree with you there, Bill. It's uh, Matt Mervis. Uh, Going into a little bit here in the future, uh, when we talk about buy or sell, I think that they're going to be in a position where he's going to be crushing it. He dominated in the minors like you talked about. And I think that with Eric Hosmer only having two years left on his contract, they might be looking to move him at a few more young pieces even.
1: Uh, For me, I am going to go a different direction than you guys and go with a pitcher. Uh, Hayden Wasnieski, who came up last year and was super good, through 33 innings, a two one eight ERA, a two one eight expected ERA, a FIP at three point two. Um, he doesn't strike out a ton of guys. What his K rate was right at nine last year, which that's fine. Uh, walked less than two. Uh, didn't give up a whole lot of home runs. His BABIP luck was a little bit low, so I expect that BABIP to come up a little bit. But uh, I really like what he he can do for them. I think he is going to start the year as uh their fifth starter or fourth starter with uh the professor starting the season on the the injured list, and I expect him to be better than Drew Smiley. So uh, I think when by the time they're ready to to get Pal Hendricks back in there, I think. Wesneski stays, and I think Smiley or maybe Justin Steele is uh, out of there. But Justin he he's also
0: pretty good. So I I think it would be Smiley. All right. But uh, I kind of alluded to it, buyers or sellers, I think that they'll kind of be in a position where they'll be doing a little bit of both. Uh, I don't think they'll make any massive trades. If they do, I could see them, like I said, moving Eric Hosmer to put Matt Mervis up in a more everyday role. Uh, but, again, that's, you know, if everything is going right, he is developing well, and, you know, there is a good market for Eric Osmer out there. What do you all think?
2: I agree with you. Yeah, I think, you know, we could see them do a little bit of both. That's interesting uh, because this team, I think, does hover around that 500 mark. So I don't think they're in, like, a definite position to do either one. If they are contending, I definitely see, you know, guys like, you know, maybe Trey Mancini – uh, Tucker Barnhart's another order guy. Eric Hosmer, like you said, uh, could get moved. Maybe sure up this pitching staff. They do have a lot of outfielders in their farm system that are kind of getting ready to come up. So, uh, I could see them, you know, looking to kind of revamp that pitching staff.
1: I've got them as buyers. I think they're going to surprise some people. Uh, and I, I think they have potential to be in second place in this division by the time that the trade deadline rolls around, and I expect them to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, they do have quite a few free agents after this year, or players at least with options. Um, The biggest one to me is Ian Happ, and Ian, you have to extend Ian Happ if I'm the Cubs. And with what they just did over the offseason, going out uh, and doing big things in free agency, especially with Dansby, Uh, I think they are – Realizing that they're in a weak division, that the the while the Cardinals are really good, the Brewers are are not as as good as people thought they were a few years ago, so they are they have a chance to to be a playoff team, and I think they are going to capitalize.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, moving on to our second place team here, we got the Brew Crew, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, and they. They lost and added quite a few people, a lot of transactions over the offseason. They lost Andrew McCutcheon, Omar Navarez, Trevor Rosenthal, Taylor Rogers, Jace Peterson, Brad Boxberger, Colton Wong, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, Colton Wong really kind of stepped it up towards the end of the season there. So I I do hate to see him go from this team. I, I did really enjoy watching that. But uh, no one else really makes a a big dip for me in production-wise for this team. They added uh, Brian Anderson, Wade Miley, Blake Perkins, Bryce Wilson, Owen Miller, William Contreras, Jesse Winker, and Abraham Toro. So I really love the additions of William Contreras and Jesse Winker. I feel like both those guys add a a lot to this roster, and they just really give them a, a much better chance to improve on what they did last season. So, Billy, what do you have them going
2: as? I have the Brew crew between the 85 and 92 win mark. Uh, I don't love what they did in the offseason. I think losing Hunter Renfro and Colton Wong is uh going to be a little bigger than they thought. You know, the guys that they brought in to replace them, like Jesse Winker, William Contreras. I really like the William Contreras ad. I don't love the Jesse Winker ad. He's looking to have a bounce back here. He did have a down year last year. But if he can bring his pop back to the lineup, that would be great for them. Uh, but this pitching staff is just so good. Uh it's gonna keep him in a lot of games.
1: Yeah. Um Jesse Winker, he he definitely needs to have a a bounce back year. He's back in the division where he dominated uh uh for a few years. Um in the the century he was on the Reds before he was on the the uh, Mariners last year, but if you look at his numbers last year, they aren't as bad as it seems. Uh, still got a K rate under nineteen percent, and he jumped his walk rate up to fifteen and a half percent, which is absurd. So can uh, still kind of netted out to uh, an above average player. His defense is really poor. Yeah. So uh, I think they are going to have the chance to DH him though, which I think is a, a benefit to to him as you know a player. Uh, the guys they lost, I do think there are some some big names in there. Uh, Taylor Rogers is a really good pitcher. Uh, Brad Boxberger is also solid out of the pen. McCutcheon, like we talked about earlier, still got a little bit of life left in his bat, I think. Um, yeah. And Jace Pearson, a nice kind of utility player. But uh, they did add William Contreras, which was their biggest acquisition with that trade uh, where they received him. Uh, um he still is developing a little bit behind the plate. He made a big, big jump last year, but you really cared about the bat with him. And uh, I, I'm not as high as you, Billy. My win range for them is going to be 77 on the low end and 88 on the on the upper end. I, I just have a, a few too many questions about this this team as a whole.
0: See, and I'm kind of right there in the middle of both of y'all, at 81 to 89. So I think we've got kind of a good range there on the Brewers. Uh, But
2: who do y'all have as your team MVP? So MVP is tough because I do want to go with the same guy I'm going with for Cy Young. Uh, But I'm not going to do that just for the sake of this discussion. Uh, Christian Yelich is, you know, the big name there. He has had a down few seasons these past couple years. The power has kind of escaped him a little bit. Uh, He's entering his age 31 season, so still kind of in the heart of his career. Um, But I think if he can get some power back into that bat and stay healthy again for a full year, you know, I think we could see Christian Yelich again, you know, hitting that 35 home run mark, driving in 100 plus RBIs, and uh, he plays a decent outfield as well.
1: I also would love to pick, you know, the, their pitcher who is their be- He is their MVP, but you know, for the points of this, we're gonna pick a position player. Just to have two guys to talk about. Uh, and for me, it's Willie Adamas, who is their shortstop and a really good one at that, uh, an above-average hitter and an above-average defender. Um, he kind of just does it all really well. Uh, not necessarily great at one thing, but good at everything. A well-rounded player at
0: shortstop. I, I like him to be their number one guy.
2: Has a lot of power, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I was about to get into, because also I picked the same guy. Uh, probably the best player on – field player on this team the last two years with Yelich struggling, like Billy kind of mentioned. But, I mean, 31 home runs and a 4.7 F war last season. So, I mean, this guy just doing it all out there. Yeah, I don't
1: expect know. 31 bombs
0: again. No, though. I, I don't
1: I, I expect him mid-20s.
0: Yeah, it's, it was a career high for him. I don't think he'll reach it again. But, I mean, just a, an outstanding season. And I think he just keeps
2: that rolling for him. He's a big dude, man. He could hit he 30 is. again.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree he
1: could. I also have another outfielder. Uh, for me, it's Garrett Mitchell, uh, who I, I expect to be on this opening day roster, playing center field for them. He's got uh, speed for days. He's extremely fast with a, a good glove you know, to go with it. And the guy could potentially have lots of pop he hasn't shown it that much down in the minors but he's 6'3 215 so a big guy really fast extremely toolsy uh, we saw him last year come up for uh 28 games and uh he hit only two home runs in the, those 28 games which you know not bad but his uh, wrc plus was at 136 because uh he hit for 311 a 311 average and uh slugged 459 so uh, a lot of extra bases there a lot of doubles. Um, he did strike out 42% of his plate appearances. Uh, so that's obviously horrible, but it is a small sample size. I expect all those to kind of meld down into one really solid rookie. Who's going to roam center field well for them.
2: Yeah. So I was also on the South free league train, uh, until I decided to take a look back at their roster and also I kind of came to the same conclusion as you, Gary Mitchell. Uh, you say six three two fifteen. They've actually got him listed six three two twenty five right now.
1: Okay, so he's put on some weight. That that was like
2: last big year. dude, and he's having a really good spring right now. Meanwhile, only eighteen at bats. But he's hitting three thirty three with three bombs and six RBIs with a twelve hundred OPS. So I mean, promising stuff we're seeing from him uh, this spring. And like both of you guys said, outfield is you know can be a weak spot for them. You know, we've seen Lorenzo Cain run that center field, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, a bunch of guys run that center field for him over the years. I've seen too much of Tyler Naquin as a Indians fan, and so very uninspiring uh, baseball out of Tyler Naquin, I'm afraid. But, yeah, I think Garrett Mitchell is the guy that can really fill a hole uh, for this team. Uh, where do you guys see the Brewers? Are they more on the buyer side or the seller side? I think they're definitely going to be more of a
0: buyer. Uh, I can just see them looking to add. I mean, they've got a good lineup top to bottom. Uh, I do really like a lot of the pieces they have in here. But I just can see them. I mean, a, they definitely don't need starting pitching, but potentially a, a bullpen arm, some guys start struggling. Uh, depending on how the outfield situation is kind of flexing out, I might like to see them add a better option there. If You know, the rookies don't pan out. But I just I don't see them making a whole lot of moves in general. I think they've got a good core roster built here.
1: I am projecting this team to underperform and uh, then be selling at the trade deadline. Uh, I think Jesse Winker, who you know, was on a one year on, on a one year deal, I think he'll be gone. Or yes, technically it was a two year deal, but last last year of his two year deal, uh, he's a free agent. I expect him to be gone. Uh, Brian Anderson, who just signed a one year deal. Um, I expect him to be gone, and uh, the other guy is Wade Miley, who is only being paid uh three point five million this year, uh on this one year deal. But there is a mutual option for ten million dollars next year that the Brewers will not be picking up, and so I imagine uh he's another guy who will get moved at the trade deadline if they're selling.
2: Yeah, I was thinking a guy like Rowdy Tellez, or uh you know, depending on the Jesse Winker situation. Uh more more sellers maybe. Uh no moves that they're really gonna be aggressive with, I don't predict. So uh that brings us to the last team, the reigning NL Central Champions, the St. Louis Cardinals. They did not have a huge offseason, but the Moves they made were pretty impactful. They did lose a few guys. Jose Quintana, who actually today, uh, pitching in the World Baseball Classic, ended up leaving with rib soreness, had x-rays done, and it was actually a benign tumor uh, on his ribs. So uh, Jose Quintana now getting that figured out, and so he might be out for some time. I believe he's with the Mets now, correct? Yes. Yes. Yep. So he'll miss some time, but then they also lost Corey Dickerson and reliever Alex Reyes. They did add though Wilson Contreras from the rival Chicago Cubs. as their big splash move this offseason. Uh and they didn't really add anybody else. So uh one big move, but a very impactful move, and who's gonna take the throne from Yadi Molina this year. Uh Connor, where do you see this team ending up this year?
0: So I've got them finishing in a very similar position. I still think that they're by far the best team in this division. Uh, I mean, you had two guys that could have been the MVP last season that are still on this roster and still really in their prime. Uh, So I've got to have them going between 90 and 98 wins. Yeah, I also really like
1: this roster. They're clearly the front runners to win this division. Um, they've got Japanese Phenom Lars Nubar roaming that outfield, who I really like. <laughs> um, and like you said, Arenado and Goldschmidt are just two dudes. And then, I mean, upgrading a catcher from Yadier Molina, who is way past his prime, to a Wilson Contreras, who is uh, you know, 31 this year. So uh yeah, that's a massive upgrade for them. Not defensively. Wilson's not the best defensive catcher, but yeah. um offensively, he's top three def- offensive catchers in baseball. Uh, and then they've got, uh, got a rookie coming up who I think will be a big impact player for them who will, uh, you know, bolster this uh, lineup even more. So I really like, I really like their whole, whole squad. Uh, I've got them firmly between 87 and 99 wins.
2: Oh, pretty big range there.
1: It is. I think it is a, a pretty big range, mostly because they're pitching.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I have this team between the 92 and 100 win mark. I think this is just a very solid squad, especially on the offensive end, Uh, especially adding Wilson Contreras and Austin, like you mentioned, the rookie they have that we will talk about in a minute. Uh, But just all around a a really good offense and defensive uh, squad in the field. Pitching will be uh, the main concern, but far and away the best team in this division. So, speaking of pitching, since it'll be an issue, according to us at least, uh, Connor, who do you have as their Cy Young candidate?
0: I've got, you know, kind of just the consistent guy over here who pitched really well last season, but Adam Wainwright, uh, he has been just kind of a staple of this rotation. He's, you know, projected to be their, their number one guy coming out opening day. And I just think that he's going to carry that kind of same energy into this upcoming year.
1: Um, for me, it's a a guy they acquired at the trade deadline last year. And that will be Jordan Montgomery, who they, they acquired from the Yankees. And when he came over from the Yankees, he was dominant for them. Uh, just went on an absolutely insane run there at the uh, the end of the year. And he's the second youngest pitcher on this team, uh which is absurd cuz he's uh, 30 or 31 this year so it's an older uh rotation and uh, I think he's going to be I think he's going to be their guy
2: I am going actually with the guy that seems like a young guy was actually in his mid 30s that is Miles Michaelis uh so last year he pitched to a 3.29 ERA 12 wins 13 losses Um, I think with Wainwright being at the stage of his career he is in, uh, that he will take a step forward, you know, getting good experience this year in the WBC as well. Uh, I think he takes a step forward this year. And I I like what he's got as far as his pitch arsenal. Uh, Doesn't strike out a ton of guys. Pitched over 200 innings last year, Struck out about 150. So I'd like to see that come up a little bit, uh, work on the command a little more. But Miles Michaelis is my pick. MVP, some options here. Austin, who would you consider the MVP for this upcoming year?
1: Well, um, it is between two guys, and they're, I, I think, first and second place in MVP voting. They're both top three for sure. Uh, but I'm going to go with the guy who didn't win it last year, and that's Nolan Arenado. Um, like we talked about, earlier he is among the best defensively if not the best defensively and uh can absolutely rake so i like everything he brings to the team um he kind of proved the cores affect people to be like a little bit too um not judgy but they kind of take it too much into effect and say that oh people can only hit our rockies players can only hit in cores and Turns out he gets moved out of course and has uh, the best year of his career, the second year. So, yeah, it's just overall the best player on their team, I think, because of what he can do both offensively and defensively.
0: So not quite setting career highs or anything for home runs, but he did have the benefit of course field for a lot of his Right, players. yeah, but like when you look at like the uh, stats that take into
1: account field, like, uh, the what park you plan, like WRC plus and OPS plus and stuff like that, his numbers were high, the highest of his career this year.
0: Yeah. But also, I am right there with you, though. I mean, he's just an absolute stud, great defensive third baseman, absolutely rakes at the plate. I mean, everything that you want in, you know, a, a stud, you know, player, a star player on your team. And it is tough to pick between him and Goldschmidt, but I do have to give him just a slight edge because I don't see Goldschmidt
2: repeating the same performance he had last year. I agree with both you guys. Rookie of the year, I think it's a pretty clear choice uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's one of the top prospects in baseball and uh, recently made the move to the outfield. And uh, there's Jordan Walker. Huge power bat, was, you know, a decent defense and uh, people were concerned about his move to the outfield, but he's done fairly well there. Uh, so, do you guys agree kind of that Jordan Walker is the clear pick for this team and he could win Rookie of the Year for the entire National League?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's just
2: in a great spot to succeed.
0: The only reason that they had to move him to the outfield is because there was no chance that he was going to play at third over Nolan Arenado. I mean, he's a great hit tool out there and just a super exciting young guy to come up and watch.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is Jordan Walker. When you talk about power, he is, you know, eighty grade power. Uh, You know, he hasn't quite like shown that, but when you look at what he does in BP, and uh, when he actually gets a hold of it, it is just absurd. He's a big old boy, six five, two twenty five. Um, he's going to be an impact player. I think he'll probably do a lot of DHing and playing outfield. He is a third baseman. Um, you know that's where he came up playing, so we'll see how he does in the outfield. If he can be even an average defender, that would be great because Lars Newtmar could slide over to to center field, or you know he could replace Dylan Carlson, who I think is pretty replaceable. And I'm not the biggest Tyler O'Neill fan, so I do think outfield is their weakest position. And and if he can be a, a nice outfielder for them, that would just be. A major plus.
2: Yeah, that's one thing I, I forgot to mention. I think their corner outfield spots are very replaceable, like you said. I don't love Tyler O'Neill. Um, Dylan Carlson, I like a little more. Uh, but yeah, I think Jordan Walker could fit in nicely to one of those if he can play a solid defense.
0: And also dominating right now in spring training 37 at bats, 15 hits, three homers, and a four or five average. And just absolutely crushing it this is a, this is a small sample size, but I mean that is
2: exactly what you want from your top prospect. Yep. Uh so buyers or sellers at the trade deadline for this team. I expect them to be buyers. Uh, you know, they're gonna be a position to win this division again and make a push in the in the playoffs. Uh you know, last year got bounced by the Phillies in the wild card round. Um So I think they're definitely looking to make a run at the NLCS and uh, further. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really want
0: them to go out and get another, you know, strong rotation arm. I'd like to see them add, you know, a a bit more of a clear number one there to that that lineup.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, you saw that last year they went out and got some pitching at the deadline. I'm not sure what exactly they'll go get, but I do expect them to be buyers. I don't think they need a whole lot as a team. Um, Kind of like the Braves, though, we discussed last week. They just – they're all kind of got the pieces in set. They just need them all to play well and then use the trade deadline to fill in any holes from, like, maybe injuries or something like that.
2: Yep, so that wraps up our general thoughts on each team uh, for this division, the NL Central. Uh, now, Austin, uh, break down your – You're one through five, uh, starting in last place for this division.
1: Starting in last place, I've actually uh, got the Reds coming in last this year with right at 62 wins, which is the same amount they had last year, so I think they're staying neutral. The Pirates, I have taking two steps up to 64 wins. And third place, I have the Milwaukee Brewers, who, as I've said, I expect them to to be underperformers this year. I've got them right at 500 with 82 wins. The Cubs I've got with 84 wins. And then the first place Cardinals I've got at 94
0: wins. So Austin, I actually have the back spots flipped from you. I've got the Pirates staying the same at 62 wins. And then the Reds up there in fourth at 65 wins. Uh, Like I said, neither of these teams should be good. I have the Cubs actually in third place at 500. Uh, And then the Brewers I'm going to have in fourth place with 86 wins. And the Cardinals I have up there at first with 95.
2: Connor, we were very close on our predictions. Uh, I have the Pirates coming in at 62 wins, which is what they had last year. And the Reds coming in at 65, so three games more than last year. I also have the Cubs at 500. Uh, just a little inconsistent there. Uh, Brewers I have 88 wins, and then the Cardinals at 95 wins. Who is y'all's Cy Young for the NL Central? Uh, I think that we could all say it on yeah. the channel of three. It's Corbin. <laughs> yeah, it's Brandon Corbin Burns. Yeah, Brendan just again, everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I do hate that he's just so overshadowed because he is a, an absolute dominant pitcher and an ace on Almost any other team,
2: yeah. Uh, so yeah, in agreement there on the Corbin Burns Cy Young pick, MVP talk. Uh,
1: I think we all agree on this one as well, most likely. Yes, yeah.
2: considering we all picked him for our Cardinals, that would be Nolan Arenado. Yep.
0: And then Rookie of the Year, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> that we can again go <laughs> with a pretty, pretty easy consensus. Um, uh, Jordan Walker, man, yeah, Jordan Walker.
1: Yeah, I do. I don't think this one as is as runaway as the other two. Um, I think he has some competition with some guys who are going to be starting the whole year. Uh, but I mean, just when you look at potential, Jordan Walker is far and away the most potential
0: out of any of them. So I'll go with him. I believe him, right I now he is projected to be on the starting rotation or in the starting roster week one.
1: Yeah, I expect him to be there as a DH. Um, and that is a knock because. DH is just a less valuable position than a guy like Garrett Mitchell who could be roaming around in center field playing a great center fielder as well as if he you know is able to hit but I don't think he's going to be um that a guy I expect to to be better than Jordan Walker when you even when you account his offense and his defense and then uh, the other guy who I think is is pretty solid is uh, Spencer Steer and Luis Ortiz honestly both of them are are going to be fairly good rookies. I think there are a lot of decent rookies coming out of this division.
0: There are. I just think that he is the most ready with the most upside. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yep. So uh, that wraps up our NL central uh, episode guys. Make sure to uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast as well as check out phantom sports and uh, all the articles that they have uh, coming up there as well as all the sponsors as well. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening. You guys got anything else before we head out? Just take care.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's that's it, everybody. Thanks for listening.
2: Yep, see y'all.